Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I'm ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Yeah, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Honchos. Broadcasting live from our Go Sports Media studios in New York and Maryland. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. Everybody say hello to my good buddy, Mr. Robert Cuny. Mr. Cuny, how are you, sir? Greetings and salutations, Mr. and Mrs. Podcast listener. I am doing well this evening. How are you, Mr. Cuthbert? I'm good, buddy. I'm good and settling in. It's, you know, the Christmas decorations are up. You know, the outside ones right before it got really cold. <laughs> and it's getting cold. Um, so we're set, ready to go, man. It's a most wonderful time of the year. How are you doing, pal? I'm good. It is the most wonderful time of the year. And, and you know, at my house at Casa de Cuny, because we walk on the different side of the street than your people, Mr. Cuthbert, we don't have to worry about uh, hanging up Christmas lights and all that Michigas. I mean, we enjoy Christmas. We enjoy the warmer. Yes, that's right. The warmer side of Christmas. Whatever that means. God, that well, let me ask you this. Uh, well, uh, do, do, you, do you watch all the Christmas specials even, even so? Of course. And and whose people do you think gave you well, the songs, the specials, the holiday itself? You're welcome. You're go, welcome go on. America. Go on and tell us, yeah. darling. You're welcome, America. <laughs> You're welcome. And you know you know what the biggest – one of the biggest stories – at Christmas time, of course, every year. And it's the annual tradition. What holiday gift will be gone from the shelves as soon as it appears before you can grab one for yourself so you can recreate the scene of between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito and Jingle All the Way for the last toy? God, there's a reference that. Well, time out a Many second. People Danny DeVito? He wasn't in that. He wasn't? Jingle was All the that? Way? Oh, yeah, my God. This? You're going to okay. bring up one of the greatest holiday movies no. and make Sorry. a mistake right out in the beginning of the show? Oh, wait, wait. Before before you, you blast me, I have another apology to make. Last week on the show, Graham, I called uh, Kendall Hinton, Kendall Hilton. No relation to the hotel magnate, not an heir to the Hilton Empire. He's an heir to the Hinton Empire. Maybe Essie Hinton, author of The Outsiders, but certainly not Hilton. So to the... So to Kendall Hilton and the entire uh, – so I said it again. To Kendall Hinton and the entire Hinton mishpucha, I say I apologize. It's too late. Uh, it's, it, your bonus check was already full back. So. I, I'm, the, uh, <laughs> bonus, I'm the bonus D-O-T-W. <laughs> so, so please correct me. Uh, it wasn't well, – it certainly was Now, Arnold. Danny DeVito was in Twins. Twins, I know. Oh, my God. I'm so, definitely not talking to the right guy. I'm firing the research. Department. You really are on the other side of the street, buddy. I am. Well, Sinbad. Who was in it Sinbad. No. Sinbad, Danny DeVito. Come on. I no. Can't. They look so much alike. They, they could be in And the late, too. great Phil Hartman. Oh, well. A moment of silence for Phil Hartman. I and can't. the moment is over. Well, this is radio. You can't have too many. You can't have a moment of silence. Dead air, pardon the pun is nothing you want when you're doing a podcast. So I bring that up 
not jingle all the way, but the toys that which you surely need to go back and watch again. Right. Okay. So I got plenty of time. You know, winter vacation's coming up. I got plenty of time. And <laughs> for our pre-holiday show, it's hey, here's a professional radio tease, friendos. Uh, Paul and I will do a thorough and complete breakdown of all things holiday movies, sports and non-sports related. So we'll save the jingle all the way bashing on Paul's part towards me and my lack of knowledge of the movie for a couple of weeks. But I bring it up, the whole holiday toy gift thing, because this year, of course, it's the PS5. Everybody wants a PS5. Sony knows that they release like four every week. And for reasons that go beyond me, the demand doesn't have to be artificially inflated. The demand will be high all through the holiday season. So people want to get one for themselves, for family members. Forget it. You're not getting one. However, however, I have a story here. There is one one new one available. So all, of all the ones that have been sold, there's one that's making its way back into the bloodstream. Now, this story is a couple weeks old, but hey, maybe it's still out there. And this oh, is, do tell. This is... And I'm gonna. I have to take my glasses off for this one. Actually, I can't because my headphones are blocking me. Going to uh, Taiwan. There's a ding for Taiwan. A man, I'm reading from IGN from a couple weeks ago. A man from Taiwan was forced to let go of his newly purchased PlayStation 5 for cheap after his disapproving wife, wait for it, saw through his ruse of trying to pass it off as an air purifier. <laughs> right on, brother. <laughs> That's my boy right there. So this guy, let's see, as I'm reading from my phone, apologies, everyone. So he bought this online secondhand. He found a reseller who was willing to sell his PS5 at a very reasonable price. Uh, he agreed to meet up. They scheduled a time to meet and do the exchange, probably in a dark alley, you know, with a van, unmarked van. Um and this person who was buying it secondhand decided to give the reseller a call. They did all these arrangements online, gives the reseller a call. Um, and he was talking to a woman, which she thought was odd because, to his mind, most women aren't playing video games. Um, and they talked about it, and the woman said that you know she was selling it cheap and they were eager to sell it. But apparently this all happened through Facebook, and, and this, this man was satisfied that it was on the up and up. And then when he goes to meet the reseller, it wasn't the woman that he spoke to on the phone. It was a middle-aged man who looked rather downtrodden, rather sad, and found out you know, where he had purchased the PS5. He got a good price for it. And the man who was buying it secondhand said, did you buy two? I mean, otherwise, why are you selling it? After a moment's silence, the man looked at him and said, my wife wants me to sell it. And then quoting from the article, at this point in the conversation, Wu, that's the by buying it secondhand, saw the bitter look in the man's eyes and realized the hard truth that the latter's wife did not approve of the purchase. Finally, the seller said, and here's the, the payoff pitch, it turns out that women can tell the difference between a PS5 and an air filter. Doot-doot-doot-doot-doot. So there's at least one more PlayStation 5 floating around somewhere in the bloodstream so act now otherwise you are sol my friends but hey as i told my good friend coach lanham if you just buy five ps original ps playstations 
Isn't that the same thing as having a PS5? I guess not. <laughs> you'd have to where are you going to find the room in your house for that? Yeah. Um, I'm an Xbox guy, so I, you know, I'm fine. And, and, and the time I would even ever get to turn my Xbox on, say in the last five, six years, has been two or three times. And probably two out of those three times has been for my children to play it. <laughs> but anyway, I have a question for you. What is the PS5 currently going for again? Uh, a solid $499.99. And because $500 would be too weird. No one would pay 500 bucks at 499.99 whatever it is that's, you know. That But I guess it's, it's a big thing, right? I mean, of course I mean, it is. All the adults want one. I'll correct? just wait for the PS7 to come out and then I'll buy my children the Are PS4. you a gamer, Mr. Cuny? Uh, I used to be more heavily into video games. Now I'm into the tabletop games, specifically Magic the Gathering. Here you go. For all of my nerd friends out there. Really? Yeah. And is Magic the Gathering a landscaping game? A landscaping game? <laughs> Be careful. A number of our listeners are people that play with me. So, easy. You've already offended the Bills fans, <laughs> the Mets fans. Now, don't, don't, don't. This is dangerous ground you are treading on, my friend. <laughs> Come on. Dangerous, dangerous <laughs> Give me a little insight. On what you do with the gathering. Anyway, if you recall, I'm going to now definitely change the subject before I lose my podcast and all my friends. Last week, remember we nerded out. And I mean nerded out. Hold on, I'm still laughing. Hold on, everybody. This is the sound of Paul Cuthbert laughing. (laughs) Okay. All right. I think I'm good now. Go and then the question I'm going to do tomorrow is, wait, why did you have to bring it up? But I'm proud of it. Hey, man. Proud. It's not like, again, I'm going to just deftly move along to something else. Let me write this down for my next therapy session. Okay. So, as I was trying to say. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll take a commercial break now. We'll, we'll be taking all this. This whole exchange will be taking out in post-production. <laughs> all right. The, uh, podcast listeners. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just drawing my eyes. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> he said with a smile and the tip of his cap. Uh, <laughs> last week, we nerded out pretty heavily to the Mandalorian. And we both professed our undying love for it. This week, I don't know if you are a Marvel Cinematic Universe guy. Let me ask you before I go on. Time out. I know where you're going, oh. all right? Oh, no. But you're leaving The Mandalorian, right? Because I know what you're talking about. I know where you're going. But before I... you leave The Mandalorian, I was yes. ranting and raving last week about how great The Mandalorian was, except for episode six in the first season. And primarily because Bill Burr was in it, and I thought it was one of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. On a screen back. in front of me. Yeah, that's what happened. He's and then the, the episode last week was phenomenal. Soup yep. to nuts until the last goddamn scene. And now I got the heebie-jeebies because it looks like Burr's coming back. And I'm not of, happy. Of all the people he could have got to gotten to help him. Oh, my God. Uh, no, he is another handsome bald man. Just like uh, 
Boba Fett unmasked. He's a, you know, but he's a still, he's a funny comedian, act. but he can't he can't be in Star Wars. He's horrible. Not a good actor. Well, Go. But uh, yes, he's back. For those that haven't seen, no, I mean, like you know, as far as acting episode, and skits, sorry. I mean, when he was on SNL a couple months ago, yeah. whatever the hell it was, there was some funny bits on that. He was excellent. Okay, right. In the comedic aspect, Bill Burr is right up there. But acting in a TV series, especially this one so far, I'm a little disappointed. But go on. Now you some can take can't off. can't make the jump. Hey, speaking of jumps, oh. professional radio segue, friendos. So you're a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yes? I am, yes. Okay, good. Then we can still be friends. So the there's a third Tom Holland Spider-Man coming. Everybody knows that. Obviously, we don't know when, where, COVID, all that Michigas, but it's been announced. I believe, I believe it's coming out when the the Avatar sequels are coming out. Which Great. So we still don't my, know. my yeah. grandchildren. You'll never can, see it, yes. Right. My grandchildren can enjoy it. <laughs> anyway, the, they've already announced earlier that Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. But the big news, big news from Paste Magazine yesterday was that Alfred Molina. Love it. Coming back is Doc Ock, who is, of all the Spider-Man villains so far, he's my, probably my favorite. First, I love the man as an actor, but he was so good as Dr. Octopus. Now, that's big news. Big news that he'll be back in Spider-Man 3 as Dr. Octopus. But the bigger news and the bigger speculation is, as I read from Pace Magazine, is that since you have Alfred Molina, who is part of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe – and Jamie Foxx was part of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. And now you have the MCU Tom Holland Spider-Man universe mm-hmm. that since you have all you have actors from all three iterations of Spider-Man, it's now fueling speculation that this next Spider-Man movie is going to be a live action into the Spider-Verse sort of a vibe, possibly bringing back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to recreate the magic on the live action stage of one of the most underrated movies uh, to come out in a while, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Not enough people saw it and gushed like they should. Now, I don't know if this is true. I know that Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx will be in the next movie. We know Tom Holland will be in the next movie, directed by the same person who directed the first two, Homecoming and Far From Home, the first two Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. But just the idea they could trot this out, and Jamie Foxx himself said, I'm, I'm burying the lead here, uh, in a since, this is still from Pace Magazine, in a since-deleted Instagram post, Fox seemed to hint at this exact sort of situation, the whole Spider-Verse situation, claiming that, quote, three different Spider-Men could appear in the film, according to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, who Pace is reporting with The Hollywood Reporter said, uh, Marvel and Sony, perhaps unsurprisingly, have offered up no comment. I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, again, I know that Molina and Fox will be in it. But the thought that they could do some sort of into the Spider-Verse thing, it's, it's got me – it's got my spider sense tingling, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, if you're going to go there, you know, with all these different kind of characters that might come in or not come in, um, why not bring in um, Tom Hardy? And Venom, too. Throw him in there, too. Yes. I mean, why not? Why not? Well, I don't yeah. think they want to just pack as many uh, characters in as possible. Maybe, 
well, I don't know how they would weave in the Spider-Verse part with the, whatever the storyline is. And they still got to bring back uh, the farmer's insurance guy, whose name escapes me at the moment, as uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Why? He's an, he's an Oscar-winning actor, the guy from Whiplash, Farmer's Insurance. Why am I drawing a blank on this guy's name? The guy from, yeah, I know, the guy from um, Oz on HBO. Yeah, that guy. He's a member of the Brotherhood. Yes, thank you. Not many people remember that he was just a bag of shit <gasps> on the show. Oz. Great character. Oh, <gasps> 15 minutes. Fifteen minutes in, I dropped the S bomb. Sorry, that's terrible. Anyway, um, look, I look, I, I just unless they're gonna make it a three-hour movie, I don't, you know, you got to scale it back a little bit for me. It's just too much. You know, the Avengers were able to pull it off because they were almost three-hour movies and stuff, and that's what you need. I mean, it's just gonna be too much. Bring the octopus guy back. Bring Doc Ock back in. Have some fun. Throw him around, and then uh, Jamie Foxx can come in, swing in, electrocute somebody, and that's it. You know. I mean, to J. me, Sandman is great, too. Bring him back. Oh, you know? he was great. Thomas Hayden Church. It was J.K. Simmons, by the way. Yeah. That's the actor. There you go. Yeah. Yes, Thomas Hayden Church as the Sandman was also really good. So, I, I get, bring them all back, but maybe not in one movie. Don't have to bring back Mephisto. And bring in Hardy's guy, Venom, and have him kill yeah. them all. Just Wouldn't slaughter them all. Destroy as them. As long as it's not Topher Grace. Including Spider-Man, Tom yeah. Holland. And the whole franchise. That's what I want. Wow. All right. So final. So Death to Spider-Man. There you go. Wow. All right. All right. That's, um, so you're crushing my dreams tonight. Yes, basically. I am. Yes, I All am. Right. All right. I'm weakened. I'm saddened. That's okay. Well, what do you say, pal? Oh, Let's talk some goddamn sports. Is that why we're here? Yeah. Sports. Where do you want to go, pal? Uh, so many things to talk about. Should we... Talk about a couple of miscellaneous sports items. The folks like, want to hear what's on Mr. Cuny's mind. This is the, the sports honchos, yes, is a, a little lighter side of sports. We dabble in this, we dabble in that. But primarily the focus here for the, the, the research that we've done, uh, the analgeolytical political stuff that we've focused on here at Go Sports Media is most people want to know what Robert Cuny has on his mind, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's a that's an awfully scary scary thought. Your research it's also a lot of limited. shit. <laughs> Your research must be very very limited. Hey, and again, how about another professional radio segue? Speaking of research, as I read from Sports Business Journal Daily, apparently hey. there's a survey out. Hey, Sports Business. When do fans want to come back? You may be asking. Survey finds here's the headline. Survey finds many fans waiting on vaccine. Before returning to venues, which sounds to me like money wasted on that kind of a survey, uh, Tappet, a UK-based payments company, surveyed 1,500 sports fans ages 18 and older and found 615, or 41%, said they would not attend a live game unless a vaccine was widely available. A majority of respondents among the other 59% said their biggest concern impacting their decision to attend the sporting event was sitting too close to other spectators followed by a diminished fan experience due to COVID-19 restrictions at 21%. Now, I, I don't – this is not exactly groundbreaking news that most people want a vaccine if you consider 1,500 people a representative sample of the entire sporting public. But what I found curious about this was among respondents, 29% said the NFL 
is doing the best job of bringing fans back into stadiums. Uh, the NBA came in second with 20%, followed by MLB at 18%, NASCAR at 9%, NHL at 8%, UFC 4%, MLS 3%, and other leagues, the quote, other leagues at 8%. Also, over half the fans said, surveyed said they'd feel more comfortable with contactless payment options. But what I find curious is the NFL is the league that is pretty much shooing fans away, even these outdoor arenas. And yet they're doing the best job. Does that mean by best job they think that not having fans now is? Well, see, now I would ask you, since you're bringing this topic to the table tonight, see, then I would ask you, the, my, my question here to you would be, hey, Rob, did you find hey, out Paul. how many specific franchises, number one, are allowing fans into the stadiums? Number two, I would also like to know what price tier are they coming in? Uh, the lower lodge. How are the um? What do they call those things that they have to buy? The um the luxury suites. No, the uh, well, that would be the other thing. Uh, are the luxury suites being used by the uh, the rich and the famous and the powerful in the community in the area? And um, what what do they call that? What the fans, the football fans, have to buy a certain thing. They call it the ticket. What is it called? It's a license. What is it? What's oh, the it personal seat license. Thank you very much. But that's that's just the right to buy a season ticket. That's just ticket. the right to buy it. Okay. Yeah. It's not the actual seat. All right. So my other question is, is how many season ticket holders are actually going? You need to break this down right. so we well, can get legitimate numbers. Uh, first, starting with no, how many, how many, franchi- how many franchises are actually <laughs> letting people in, in into the stands? I don't know, but that, that number is dropping. Okay, number one, uh, wrong. You don't know have the answer, right? Number two, number two. Why did I show up today? (laughs) Why did I come do this show today? No, but I think these are questions that the people want to know. You brought this up. You should be asking the Tappet group, the one that did this survey. But you're right. right. Those are quite – that's the problem with surveys. Where do you buy – if I want to go – so obviously you can go see the Kansas City Chiefs at home, right? I've seen fans in their building. So if I was going into town, um, where could I go to StubHub and buy those tickets? Or are those tickets really all just season ticket holders that have those tickets? I would imagine, if we can be serious for just a moment, that... Well, look, this like, is not I, the I gathering. What, this is not the I gathering. There's you, no time for imagination I can here. Tell you what you they need did to get here. the answers. Quiet. I can tell you what they did here in River City. When they opened up FedEx Field temporarily, because now it's all shut down again, it was 3,000, 5,000. It is all season ticket holders. And they sort of randomly invited, for lack of a better word, season ticket holders. So I don't – there really is no secondary Were they t- the season ticket holders, or did those season ticket holders sell their tickets to general public people? Well, I mean, you don't know that. They well, can certainly sell them. we need to know. The people who were invited – So we could argue against this poll that you have recently brought up. But you want to argue against the Tappet people, not this guy. That's why I'm saying <laughs> – it's curious because why would they say NFL when the NFL is having the least amount of fans in? Look, if you were delivering eggs, I would throw them right <laughs> at your face. And, and I was I'm and I was receiving you at the receiving bay, and the case half of it was broken. I'm not going to ask the company who made the eggs what happened to the eggs. I'm going to ask you, the driver, the delivery guy, what happened to these eggs. 
the Nothing same. The You're the guy the who brought this up held. tonight. They were perfectly You need fine. to have the answers. You, know what you did? You cracked him open and said, nah, the yolk, <laughs> I don't like it. It's not round enough. And I say, go ask the I ask love the every part of the egg. Ask the chicken. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry I brought it up. Ladies and gentlemen. You should no be sorry polls. because See, that's we're the supposed to bring, give answers to our listeners here. And you've just thrown out a bunch of numbers. That's the problem with polls. Haven't we learned already the downfall of citing polls? You know what? I'm going to call the AG of Texas, and I'm going to have him sue you. Okay? Okay. All right? And everybody that lives in your immediate area. All right. Okay? Go for it. Again, uh, if you want my tell my phone number, 911, <laughs> if he needs to reach me. I'm happy to oblige. All right. Can we talk about something not scientific, but rather Emotional. The Super Bowl is coming February 7th. Knock on wood. Not even wild card weekend yet. And you're talking Super Bowl? Because a story has come out. The speculation is, well, there's a story in speculation. The story is how much trouble advertisers are having with the COVID restrictions, making their usual extravaganza of Super Bowl commercials. The glitz, the glamour, the famous people, the logistics of the Super Bowl commercials is it's getting a little tight, a little hairy because of all the travel restrictions and so on and so forth. So they're, they're, they're already speculating that these commercials may not have the glitz, the glamour, the, the show-stopping appeal they usually have. But what I find more troubling is the report that this year, in this oh-so-sad and serious and somber year that this year's Super Bowl commercials – will also reflect a sad and somber tone. According to Barrett Sports Media and, again, people in the advertising business, this year's commercials may look a little differently. I quote uh, from Bill Oberlander, head of the ad agency Oberlin. Nice name. He told front office sports Michael McCarthy, it's a lot of names in this, that he doesn't expect to see as many funny and frivolous ads as in years past. He points to a study that his firm commissioned alongside real-time market research firm Suzy. That doesn't sound like the name of a market research firm. It sounds like his neighbor. Anyway, it showed that particularly with issues of race and social injustice, brands risk consumer loyalty by saying nothing than by they do by speaking out. It's going – and this is further quote from Oberlander. It's going to be Black Lives Matter. It's going to be COVID. It's going to be about coming together. To which I say, Boo. Now, those things are important, yes, but to me, Super Bowl commercials, I like the careerbuilder.com monkeys in suits commercial. And if you don't know what I'm talking about out there in podcast land, just Google up career builder monkeys in suits. It's a classic. I miss uh, the office linebacker, Terry Tate, office linebacker, and all the great commercials that they have out there. Yes, there could be plenty of tug at your heartstrings. Is a dusty in here coming together, you know, Clydesdales wearing masks kind of commercials. And you can remind us all about the struggles this year. But I think people want to forget a little bit. They're watching sports as an escape. Give us the fun. Give us the frivolity. I mean, all these commercials we see now that serve to remind people that You know, for those of you that think that we rehearse this musical accompaniment live, we don't. It's total ambush. <laughs> anyway, 
I wish I could do a good Jim Dance impersonation. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to be reminded. We don't need to be constantly reminded that if you look out our window, it's COVID land. People wearing masks, people standing far apart. I just saw a commercial where people are doing performing Christmas carols from their cars sitting in a line in front of somebody's house. It's I mean, that's fine. It's reality. It's what it is. But don't give me a bunch of Super Bowl ads that are all heavy-handed and long-winded and try to beat you over the head with the fact that, hey, it's bad out there. I get it. I know. Give me monkeys in suits. Give me those stupid Dorito ads. Give me Steve Carell and Cardi B doing a Pepsi ad together. But please, if, 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 if I had, turn the music up a little bit. I'll make this, I'll make this extra special for you. And now a public service announcement. But one wish. Mr. Robert Cuny regarding Super Bowl commercials. If I had but one wish this holiday season for you and your it would be some mindless, stupid, escapist commercials and perhaps the music being not quite so loud in the background. Thank you. Have a wonderful holiday season. <laughs> From all of your pals at the Christmas Honchos. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. We, we, You know what? Here at the Sports Honchos, we say Christmas. We say Hanukkah. We Even say if you're Hanukkah. on the other side of the street. Right. We say, you know, winter solstice, transitional season-changing holiday. Whatever the hell you celebrate, we'll say it. Happy Hanukkahmas. Yes, happy Quantumus, everybody. Happy Hanukkahmas. And that's it. That's mine. That was that's a public a, service. I like. I like happy Hanukkahmas. That's the public service from your pals at the sports, now Christmas honchos. I know they could be the holiday honchos and just sort of wrap it all up in one neat little package. So but- in <laughs> summation here, you you don't want to be... You don't want a whole lot of um, in between plays out of the Super Bowl this year. You want you uh, want Robert Cooney needs to be entertained beyond the entertainment of the game. It's exactly. all about you. It's all about you. Uh, there is a space for those you know feel good togetherness. Let's be serious commercials, but I don't want that to be the norm or any other character. But you live. You live in the United States of America, my friend, and you also are a small, with me, alongside me, a very small part of the, of the media engine here in the United States of America. They are going to feed what they feel they need to feed for those moments. I think you're going to get a mix of everything, okay? I, hope. I don't want you to get concerned. And no matter how small. And I got a huge, and if you're listening out there, um, media department at the National Football League, which I'm sure somebody I'm sure they are. I'm sure Roger Goodell is a speed-up listener. Or any of the major Fortune 500 um, companies in the world who, like you said, are concerned about how they're going to make entertaining commercials. All they got to do is go to TikTok and hire a couple of those peoples. The TikTokers, and they will get um, they'll get all they need there. Great. Maybe I just won't watch the commercials at all then. <laughs> See that it's a very good time for you to do other things, right? It, this might you know this is a year. 
See, 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 you can't be funny all the time about this COVID thing. See, I, no. you know, I can't really yeah, say funny this is a year of COVID. sacrifice, but maybe it is a year of sacrifice. But the thing, to make it petty, that a year of sacrifice for Mr. Robert Cooney is to not get excited for Super Bowl commercials this year, then maybe that's what Robert Cooney should do. It's a lot of mentioning my name. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Why don't you play the PS5 during the commercials this year? I'll do that for Super Bowl in 2025 when I can actually find one. But again, I'm not saying that there should be nothing serious. And I'm not saying we should be making fun of COVID. God forbid. No. I'm just saying let's have a nice little balance. Well, you can have Danny DeVito in Jingle All the Way. Who was not in Jingle All the Way. Go out and search and get you one. What about (laughs) even more jingly all the way? He'll be in the sequel. Unless, you know. They they already made a sequel. And you know who's in it? Larry the Cable Guy. They made a sequel to Jingle All the Way. Yeah, Was it straight it's, to video? It's yeah, it's straight to video. Okay. I watched the trailer and that's it. I'm not watching was it. Was it called was was it called j- even more Jingle, Jingle All the Way? Dose. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Jingle so All go. the Way Back. That's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, way back. So, all right, pal. Well, look, we'll uh we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, like I said, it's not even the regular season's not over. And uh, you know, I can't believe the NFC, I mean, the Washington Football Club and the, the New York Football Giants, I tell you, they were supposed to lose this weekend uh, to continue huh. on my um, my comedic bit last week on the NFC East, this laughable division. And now they're making mm-hmm. you you and a few other people out there in sports media land, you know, look like smart guys well, uh, because they both won. Like and not guy. only that, not only that, your squad – you know, beats the Steelers. What's that all right. about? And we'll do a full recap of that later on in my gridiron report. But yes, speaking to my good ear when you say I was right about the NFC well, East. It's not with over the yet. Giants it was one, it was and one the weekend. Wolf skins. It's one weekend. We'll one see. Weekend. Let's well, see how the rest of it goes. All right. But you know, let's can we talk about the other football for a moment? Yes, yeah, sure. Let's go. So what's this? And you know, soccer is your cup of hummus, as Robin Williams said in Aladdin. Uh, what's this? Which starts Sinbad, I... right? No. <laughs> uh, what's going on with the MLS? And they want to start the season early, and the players say, let's start it late. And MLS is saying, we can't start it late because it's going to cost us money. What's happening with the, with Major League Soccer, which does not contain the New York Cosmos or the Washington Diplomats, as I found out last week? Yes, no, you're absolutely wrong there. They don't. Um, you know, funny thing about the Cosmo, they, the Cosmos, they were supposed to be resurrected here in uh, the New York area. They've, um, they're playing, I don't know what tier they're playing. They have a squad down here somewhere, but we all thought, I thought that they were going to be the next MLS franchise and that they were going to come from New York and everything. It turned out to be NYFC, uh, but they did try to pitch, but they couldn't get a stadium. It's funny enough, the Cosmos actually pitched a soccer stadium where the building the new Iceland is building, which is almost done, and right. which will be ready to open its doors to no one very soon because they can't have people in it yet. Um, look, the MLS, we would briefly uh, touched on it last week as far as, you know, its popularity. Um, you, are, you obviously don't know anybody, and we were talking about stars, and most people don't. Look, if, if you're a diehard MLS fan, 
That's what they need. They need diehard MLS fans because I don't think diehard soccer fans are really fans of the MLS. I think diehard MLS fans are diehard fans of the MLS. Now, you can quote me on that because I just said that. Okay, I sure will. I, I don't know what the science is behind the things that I just said. But anyway, long story short, there, you know, the, the commissioner just came out, uh, Don Garber, and he was just given an outlook. And basically their losses, you know, it's kind of like with the NHL. Oh, surprise, surprise, we, we've actually lost a lot more money than we thought we lost or that we kind of allotted for and everything. So um, the, the, the championship, I think, is this weekend coming up um, between Columbus and Seattle. Um, for the whole big shibui, uh, I, I won't be going to the parade. I don't know if you're going to the parade. Whoever wins, no. Um, so, but uh, you know, it's they're just talking about you know as far as starting, they're looking to get back started in March. And I think between now and, and what happens after this championship, it's like it's they're basically lumped in with all the other sports. The thing to me, you know, with, as far as you know, the financials between each different league, right? So you can't compare MLS. To NFL or NBA or the MLB because the money is just it's it's incredible, you know. Right. And then you get down to now. Unfortunately, the NHL is also they have financial issues and they're they just have a very small piece of the pie. Even though they're considered in the top four of sports, and they might have to duke it out with NASCAR and everything else. But MLS is just again it's it's a it's a it's a league that had a lot of cities recently just build new um, stadiums. All right, we and have they, one here. Yeah, so twenty, thirty thousand seat uh, stadiums, which is which is perfect for these. They were having some success. I'm not going to knock MLS for um, what they've done here. They have a major TV contract with uh, ESPN, and and um, you know they got Directv and, and all that other stuff. So um, the guys running it are smart as far as the sports avenues. I think, and if they've just got a a humongous job of of getting a cut of the sports fans out here. Now, certain franchises, which I've watched over the last couple of years when I've tried to check in, and the stands are filled. Again, you're only looking to put twenty to 30,000 people in these stands. Um, I think Seattle, like I said, they play with the Seahawks play. They're just Some of the franchises just do better. What I'm going to say here is as far as the MLS, it's just like any other team, any other league right now, they're just kind of struggling against their own Team salaries, the players, the you know the operations, um, everything that's involved with making the league work, you know, and it all goes down to selling swag and 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 everything else. And they're just they're on a, they're a lower tier, you know, uh, up against the, the the three monsters, which is the NFL, the MLB, I mean, uh, and the NBA. And these guys are just coming out, you know, garbage just coming out saying, hey, look, they're struggling. The same way the NHL and the NHLPA right now are just kind of saying they're struggling too. Because these two specific leagues, and obviously the NBA is in there itself, but they've just got more money, and it's a broader a broader audience. Now, you would think the MLS would have a broader audience, so to say, than the NHL um, because of, you know, just the, the different dynamics with, you know, uh, culture and, and, you know, our amazing country and, and the demographics and um, all that stuff. But they're... They're just struggling too, and they they need gate, and they don't have gate. They're not making any money, so they're gonna you know struggle along here. But it looks like you know that they'll find a way, and they'll, and they'll get started here next year. And they just gotta wait. I think the benefit, you know, the MLB and the MLS both benefit from the fact that they don't start till the spring anyway. And by then, you might have uh, more outdoor arenas where they're gonna be able to bring more people in. We'll see what the vaccine is and everything else. It could be a whole right. new world here. But uh, 
Next point. Oh, well, that was that was the the point of the article that I was looking at is is MLS was pushing to start in March, and the players said, "What's your hurry? If we start later, we can get." more people in the stands. We can make more money. It won't interfere with international play. Uh, and I realize I'm, I'm getting over my skis here, but it no, made sense to me. It made sense to me. They should start later. It Why does. push to start earlier? No. I, oh, see, I would say this, the push to start earlier is, is that they're going to need, because in March and April, right, you can get people to outdoor events. They'll come out. So if you can get two extra months in your season, because you're an outdoor sport, Right. Punch it up so you can get people in the stands, so you can make more money back, or either extend the season or whatever the heck it is. But uh, that's my opinion. If if you're an outdoor um, sports league that just got crushed like these guys have, as soon as the weather's nice, you want to get back at it. And I'll tell you right. this right now, from an entertainment standpoint, myself and some of my music acts, we're all we're all looking at March and April, right? We're looking for spring weather so we can get back either if it's if it has to be drive-in concerts again or we can start playing, you know, uh, down by parks, waters, outdoor festivals. It's going to be because it's going to be a different world. They're going to be trying to um, make these things happen for you. So we're, we, we're chomping at the bit. We want to we want to perform and play in March and April as soon as, you know, and we're also crossing our fingers uh, that two other things line up is that the cases obviously go down and number two, that the vaccines start working and, People start taking them and everything else. So I, I, I am with MLS of moving the season up because let's get going here. Let's make some money back. Right. All right. Makes sense. I just the players made a good argument that they can it, they, they can make more money if we start later. No need to start sooner. But again, what do I know? <laughs> what you said makes a lot of sense. Get get the ball rolling now. Now, look, I'm going to be the first. We'll have to spend some time. I don't know how the MLS handled their contracts with their players. Right. Those guys aren't making a lot of money to begin with. So, you know, and I know they expanded, uh, you know, the tournament for to get to this championship, you know, this weekend that's coming up. But, I, you know, if I'm them, why do you want to wait longer? It's January, February, March, April, May, June. You want to make another six months? You want to get back out and play. Start making some money. Right. Get ahead of it. I mean, obviously, a lot of things have to line up here. This is a whole new world. I think any player in any sport right now, um, and uh, you have to look at with your league in in the best way possible is to work through this stuff. Because it is. It's all, um, you know, real quick on the, on the money side of things, too. Like, one of the reasons the NHL, too, has to get this season started, too, is because of TV contracts. And, and and money, that's a big part of it. Uh, and getting and, and the advertising agencies, you know, funny enough, you're talking about the Super Bowl and everything else. These all have to, everything has to be prepared, right, for the right. season. You got to <clears throat> make your commercials. You got to roll out your budgets. They got to sit down here and now and go, okay, this is uh, prospectively what we think we're going to meet in terms of uh, uh, ears and eyes and clicks and all that other stuff in terms of uh, the upcoming season. And it's drastically. Uh, being reduced, so all your in-house marketing is done because nobody's in there. So it's a whole new world. So, you know, as far as MLS, to me, if it's that simple, and I have to read a little more about it, but I have to believe that the MLS, the reason they want, they want to move things up is because they're thinking that March, April, if they can get into half-capacity venues, 
They want they want to try and start making some money back. And if you own right. the league and you're the owner and you got to pay for all this stuff, sorry about you guys being the players and you want to wait till July. These guys run the show. I've just, you know, all these guys have lost a ton of money and they want to make some back. Get out there and play. Shut up and play. Right. Kick the ball. And that's kind of going to be the theme of a lot of stuff tonight is money. Because as the great Don Olmeyer once said, the answer to all your questions is money. Yes. As we move effortlessly, glide into college basketball. And as always, it's it's more about what's happening off the court than on the court. I, I know I should wait for the organ music to play, but I'm gonna, still going to transition anyway. The drum beat. There we go. The drum beat, Paulie, is getting louder for not canceling college basketball. That would be a Shonda, as my people would say. That would be a shame, but to postpone it. In the last couple of days, we've heard from uh, the Big East Commissioner, Val Ackerman, who says, I'm not quite there yet on the pause, but I agree that there, we have to be very vigilant about assessing the landscape, seeing how our plans are unfolding. Our focus is on maintaining a safe environment for our athletes. We think we can do that right now with the way we travel, the way we conduct our games, but I guess I would agree that if the virus significantly worsens and there are signs that perhaps a break would be in our best interest, I think it would be hard not to support that approach. Jay Billis of ESPN takes umbrage at the fact that these players, he says, he's described the players as essential workers, adding they get tested every day. They're not allowed to go home for the Christmas holiday. We're being advised by our government not to travel over the holiday, and yet these players are traveling. The NCAA has told us we would never play in bubbles because they're amateurs, and yet we're playing in bubbles. Bill has said that failure extends to conferences as well. If we were deciding to start now, would we start now? The answer, I think, would be no. And he says that the fact that there's no national conversation, no national policy in college basketball, much like with college football where there was no unifying policy, has been a failure. Okay, It's proving to be more difficult than we all anticipate to get these games in and played. And then former Louisville, now Iona coach Ricky Pitino – says that maybe instead of March Madness, we should have May Madness. And the point here is what all three of these people have in common is that nobody cares really about these regular season games. What they're looking at, the, 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 the absolute worst case scenario, the nuclear option is if something happened to, the, to March Madness, to the college basketball tournament. They've already decided that it's probably going to be in a bubble in Indianapolis – where the final four was going to be played, have the whole tournament in and around Indianapolis. There's some chatter that they'll do the same for the women's tournament in San Antonio, where the final four was set to be played, but they're all right. They're all correct. Maybe not as breathlessly correct and as emotional with as much hand wringing and teeth gnashing as Jay Billis, who loves the soapbox more than anyone else, but you could play conference games only. You could play 15, 20 games, start it in January, and have the tournament. As long as you play enough games to say, look, these teams are legitimately and respectably in the tournament, you could have the tournament. And if you had to move the tournament a little bit later in the year just to get some more college games in because the schools that don't make the tournament, they need to benefit and profit, maybe just for one year, I know there's already a million teams in the tournament. Maybe open it up to more than the 68 they currently have. The only issue, the only problem with moving the tournament 
is the TV schedule. What about the, the, the TV? What about the, the um? What about the school? What about the um? Educational side of thing. <laughs> Sorry, oh. that was serious. Look, <laughs> you can say all you want about the importance and the sanctity of education, and I say this as an educator. But the NCAA and its member institutions, and these schools that play college basketball, all they hear. They don't hear pomp and circumstance playing in their ears. They hear cash registers. They want. They don't want the tournament to be canceled. They don't want conference tournaments to be canceled because that means money flies out the window. Can I ask again, a question? Yes, go ahead. No, and no, this is a serious question. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm trying not to be funny here. Um, do does the NCAA their deals with the TV networks? Are they mm-hmm. getting that money? Is that is that big money contract stuff? Huge. And, 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 and do they the, divvy it up between the different colleges? The, the I know that I know when just the, the NCAA gets that gets it as a a single body. All right. So in the conference tournaments, that money is spread out amongst the members of that conference. In the tournament, I believe the TV money. It's the same way for the schools, not for every school. I know certainly that schools in the tournament. So it's it's profitable for teams that make the tournament and are in their conference tournaments. I'm not sure what the breakdown is for all member institutions, but trust me, every school, all the Division One schools feed off of this Buffalo. Okay, now let's take the the TV side of this mm-hmm. as far as the financials. So except for Notre Dame, which they're going to let everybody in anyway, um, <laughs> These other colleges, if they're let's say they're not going to have any fans inside the buildings, right? This could still be a huge profitable tournament for the colleges and the networks because it is a huge, huge TV sporting event. Right. I think if you doubled the teams to 128, that's some fast math on my part. Okay. Well, technically, I don't, I don't like the idea. Technically, 136. I don't like I'm just idea. saying. No, I think it's a terrible. I, I don't idea. Like my the point idea. is. If you if you said we're not going to do a regular season, we're just going to have a couple exhibition games and then go right in the tournament, it would still make a pile of money. Would it be as entertaining? Uh, that remains to be seen. But hey, the reality gotta, gotta is, let them have a few games. Right. Reality is, yeah, you could play 10, 15 games. Maybe play one game against every team in your conference. It's kind of a warm up. And yeah, do make that it legit. Have some games. What, right. What what Rutino says makes sense in the fact that if you have the tournament in May. Later in the year, the possibility to bring fans into the stands in some capacity, play 10 games, 15 games, whatever it is, you get some money for the revenue, you get your conference championships, you get money there, and then right into the tournament, which brings you money. But the problem with that is I was tra- is these TV schedules, the, the, the amount of scheduling to get all the games in is not something that can be easily undone and easily moved from April or late March and April into May, late May, June, whatever they, whatever Patino's proposing and having the tournament in May, that just can't be lifted up and moved later on. That's the only sticking point. And that's a big sticking point because without the TV, the tournament is just another basketball game on the calendar or set of basketball games. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. There's no doubt about it. So, Yes. You know, again, it's no, I'm just like I said, this is just, you know, you have to 
one way or the other as a sports fan and you sit back and, you know, we're just jibber-jabbing back and forth here and, and reading reports and, you know, as, we're, as we sit here and we watch, you know, and wait for these, you know, and we're doing it selfishly. We just want to watch sports. But logistically, right. um, how all of these leagues have to, you know, work around not only the, the health issues of the players and the staffs and everything else, you know, in and around the fact that they're just not going to be making the money that they used to make on it. It's, it's just got to be just, you got to just bang your head on the wall. And it's the, the slim line between, you know, just canceling stuff and just, you know, skip a year, wait till it all gets normal again. Right. You know, and it's, and in collegiate sports, it's even a double whammy because these kids, this is their, you know, junior year. This is their senior right. year. Uh, and on that side of it alone is just brutal. And then in the real world, I mean, the real, not the real world, I'm not, that's a bad term, but in the big scope of things, as tough as this is for, especially the kids in, in the United States right now, it's still not the worst thing in the world. You know? No. As far as, you know, you look at past generations who've had to deal with wars and drafts and, and terrorist attacks and everything else. Um, well, the the other whammy, though, you know, you talk about the, the professional leagues canceling, stopping, suspending, shortening seasons, whatever it may be. They take a financial hit, but they survive, at least the four major sports for the most part. These colleges, when you cancel bowl games and you cancel the tournament and you cancel conference tournaments, it's not just basketball and football that suffer but these are the sports that pay for all the other sports that don't have any revenue and so it's uh, the other whammy is now maybe this college cuts its lacrosse team or cuts a gymnastics team or a softball team whatever it may be um because they just can't afford it because they lost football and basketball revenue so the call to cancel seasons has such a domino effect that it's easy to sit back and say, oh, just cancel the season. You know, it's not worth it. COVID, everything else. Uh, we'll see you next year. And, yes, it's bad that these kids, they're playing college well, sports. Obviously, and, that's, and that's where it's going to end for them. But it's all these other sports that might go the same way and not come back. So it's, it's, it's difficult just to sit out there and say, let's cancel. But moving it seems like a pretty good idea if you can get the TV contract tough down, which is a problem. But there's still time. They well, can make, of course. They can, they'll, figure, they'll figure this out. And I yeah. think with, with the fact of this tournament and the timing uh, as far as the year and everything else, this goes back to MLS. This goes back to Major League Baseball. They have the, the luxury now that their sport doesn't start until the spring, summer anyway. So they can kind of mm-hmm. chill and hang back. And, and, and the way things are going right now and keeping our fingers crossed that, uh, you know, they won't have to worry about too much. But they'll, they'll still obviously have to put a contingency plan. You know, it's funny with the colleges and schools and everything else. And just like any kind of business, you know, you have to you have to have like a you know, savings fund or a disaster fund or a savings part where, you know, like in case something gets canceled or there's a tragedy or there's a major, um, you know, natural disaster. You know, right. there's lots of other things that can shut down sports leagues right. and sports seasons outside of a pandemic. Obviously, this is on a, a grander scale because it involves, like I said, people attending, 
purchasing tickets, gear, all that other stuff. But I, I only bring this up in the fact that, you know, the thought of canceling a, a year, it's like, hey, look, if you got to do it, you got to do it if it doesn't work out. And again, like I said, we're on the sidelines. You know, the, the, the people who actually run this thing and, and you know, just generally money. It goes, also goes up against all the other, all the other businesses across this country right now and, and in the world, right? People are laying people off. I mean, the airline industry is absolutely getting crushed right now. We're getting to the point where uh, come February, um, you know, I, I know in my entertainment industry, there, there's a lot of people, there's a lot more places that are going to shut down for good. Um, they're talking about, you know, the restaurant industry is going to take another huge hit. You're going to, a lot of these businesses are, you know, just general, everyday, regular business stuff is falling apart. And this isn't even sports, right? This isn't even athletes who actually, college students who still get to go to school and get an education up against people who are not being able to make their rent are going to ha- have no place to live, uh, losing their jobs, losing their money. I mean, there's a massive part of the population, and I, this is the, like the thin line we now as as sports fans and podcasters and everything else have to kind of think about hard how important some of this stuff is. So even though I don't think it's too lightly to say, hey, if they got to cancel this season, they got to cancel it, because there's a lot of others... A lot of other people's lives are getting canceled. Their jobs are getting canceled. Their home lives are getting canceled. And that's even beyond the health aspect of it, too. And And, uh, and they're not getting not nearly the publicity. They don't give a rat's ass what sports is on or not on. They've got to feed their kids. Maybe just push push the season back past the holidays. Let these kids have their, their holidays with their families and give them some time to, you know, quarantine, well, not quarantine, but test and quarantine if they have to let them have some semblance of normalcy and then start the season later. Look, let me, can we end this segment on a lighter note? Because I'll tell you if we can be honest, why I brought up little Ricky Patino, because it gives me a chance to tell Whoa, my that's favorite. A, that's why you got to call him little. My favorite. That was his nickname. Well, still is. He's not dead. My favorite Rick Pitino story. A well-known story, but perhaps for those of you that are not familiar, in 2003, little Ricky Pitino, head coach, then head coach for the University of Louisville basketball team, a married father of five, devout Catholic, and lover of the ladies, was eating dinner in an Italian restaurant in Louisville when he was approached by one Karen Coonigan, no relation, Cypher. Ms. Cypher wanted Patino to come to her booth and wish her son a happy birthday. Her son was on the phone and thankfully not in the restaurant. Well, one thing led to another. And next thing you know, little schminky Patino and Cypher ended up having sex on the table at the restaurant after it closed. In 2010 at Cypher's extortion trial, she tried to extort $10 million from Patino in exchange for her silence. And this is the best part. Patino actually testified and put this on the record. Are you ready? Some unfortunate things happened. She opened up my pants. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. A little uplifting story. That's how it starts, Rob. That's how babies are made, Rob. Some unfortunate things happened. She opened up my pants. That will forever be part of the courtroom records at that Louisville courthouse. So Until you're in that that situation, Rob, I don't know if you necessarily need to comment on it. (laughs) True. The next time somebody wants me to wish their son a happy birthday, I'll just politely decline. <laughs> or I'll just I'll just yell it from across him. Hey, happy birthday. 
Or oh. I won't go to an Italian restaurant in Louisville. Woohoo! <laughs> All right, man. Good Patino story. Yeah, is, I is, thought is, I would is, end that segment on a lighter note. Yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I don't know. Um, what's the name of the restaurant they were at? You know? No? Any idea? No idea. <laughs> Again, you yeah, are leaving out key points I, of these stories. You know what? There's, was there's it a an, Burger King or was it? It was an, it's an Italian restaurant. So it oh. was not It was not El Burger Kingo. Anthony's. Uh, probably called Anthony's. Something like Leone's, that. Leone's. Some, some stereotypical, cliche-ridden Italian name. You know, there is a device out Mama there. Mama Rosita, you know. Called the Google machine. The internet, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can find that information. All right. I'm not Loyal looking for it, I'll leave that up to you. Listeners. I'll leave right. that up to you. All can right. we talk some hockey? Sure, it's my favorite sport. Can we talk some hockey now? Let's go, Rangers! I'm sorry. Is that me? Sorry. That's you can feel, please feel free to sing. There's there's some some news as the as the players and and owners move ever closer to a season. Now looking at January 13th to start the season. Um, it's and the 52 or 56 game schedule that to be decided. It's if you read the reports though. What's troubling, and again, it all comes down to money, is, uh, and we've talked about this and you've talked about it very eloquently, that the players are frustrated by the changing financial arrangements that they agreed upon just five months ago. And they did tell the league in an effort to get the ball rolling and to get both sides closer that they would make concessions Right. They'd be willing to budge on, again, you took this much money, now I will let you take even more if the owners make concessions. The problem is the, the, the ideas they brought to the league, which the league has not made, us, made public, they've said, we're not interested. So right now they're just talking about divisional realignment, protocols, and schedules, but the money thing is off the table. So while they're talking about a January 13th start, 52 or 56 games, depending on what they decide – if the money thing is off the table and they're not really talking about it, either they're going to go with the original agreement from five months ago or we're going to see the whole thing grind to a halt. And at the same time, while talking about coming closer to an agreement, they've already said, oh, by the way, for 2021, we have to realign because the seven teams that play in Canada will have their own division and the 24 teams that play in North America or play in the United States we'll have three divisions of eight teams. So we're going to do all this changing, and we don't even know if there's going to be a season yet. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a season. I mean, it's yes, ha- there will be a season, just when it starts and how long it is and how much January the players 13th. have to. But the players have to agree, and I don't see them agreeing if well, they're, they're agree. not going to get you, any fr- concessions. Friday there will be a big announcement. Gary will come out, and it's, it's all done. Because they, the, the owners said, "Hey, look, we want some money back," and the players called their bluff, and they said, "All right, no, we're not going to do it." And then they, so the money stuff is behind. It's been reported that that's all done. Well, it's, it's, it's under the bridge. That, it's under the bridge. They're going to play hockey. Well, they've they've reported that they're they're willing to concede if concessions are made, but the NHL has thus far said no to all those concessions. So. 
No, I, I don't think the, uh, I don't the think players agreed to stay with. From what I've seen, everything is staying the same. Which would be fine with them if it stayed the same. They just don't want more squeezed out of them than they agreed to five months ago. Yeah, it's it's, and that's not happening now. Which is, I hope so. I hope that's what that means. I'd like to be optimistic. Well, the guy, you know, the top guys that are reporting this are, are, you know, LeBron and the rest of the guys up in Canada. Um, They're all saying that they've basically, you know, decided that this is it. Uh, They've had some calls back and forth, board of directors. They're going to vote on this, obviously. Obviously, like, you know, to me, it, it seems like, hey, they went and said, hey, you know, like Gary went to the owners and the owner said, no, we want we want more money. We want more money back do do the whole deferment thing. Let's all that other stuff. And the players got mad and said, no, we're not going to do it. And, you know, Donald Fear is is heading these guys now. And I'm sure, you know, he basically went back to the guys and the players have, I guess, a little more because it seems to me it's working out that way. So they went back and said, no, we're not doing that. So you guys have to make a decision. And I believe they're having a vote here uh, between the next 24 to 48 hours. And I firmly believe uh, on Friday they're going to make an announcement that the league is, is going to be back up and running. And they got to start flying guys in here and uh, get training camps going. they got to get the first non-playoff teams uh, going first. And uh, they have to make this work. All these guys, there's a ton of guys that still have to come in from out of country, out of Canada, out of uh, you know the U.S. And they got to get in here. And they got to start skating, and, and we will and, stay and, on the air until a vote is taken. We promise you, folks, we're not. Oh leaving no, no, we won't. Until we a vote won't. is no. taken, no, no, we won't. No, <laughs> we're not. Wait, hold on. Let me, Buddy, let you got to get some sleep, man. Here's the memo I got from you know. Oh, you want uh, me to just leave uh, the show on Joe and we can Sports walk away media. from the mics? It says uh, right here we're staying on the air until long. I don't know who sent this letter, but obviously someone's getting fired at Go Sports Media. Now look here. Look the uh, the other sign is the arenas are putting ice. They're putting the ice in the arenas. You can see it. I mean, it's it's starting to happen. I mean, they're they're gonna start playing here. They they're gonna make it happen. They figured it all out. I, right. You know what I'm seeing now is is and rightly so. The league basically said, "Hey, look, you know, we would like some money back, and or we want you guys to change thing again." And you know, it's like anything in a negotiation. It's like arbitration in hockey. You come in with a high number. Uh, my winger wants, he wants $5 million, right? And, and what you're doing is you hopefully you settle for, uh, they'll come back with 3.5 or 4 mil or whatever the hell it is. It's like, you know, negotiating to buy a house or a car, you know, or the new uh, Capitals retro jersey, reverse retro jersey, you know? So. Sick. <laughs> so, Sick. yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Look, they're playing. Uh, they're going to announce this probably on Friday. Because I think, you know, with logistics and everything, you start getting everything running. Um, and then they've got the ECHL, the AHL thing they got to straighten out here. Uh, the World Juniors start here in another week or two. Uh, teams are already making decisions of keeping certain guys back. The Rangers kept back Cap, uh, Capo, Caco, and uh, Lafreniere. Uh, they're two young guys. They're not going back up to the juniors. Um, and and even that tournament's having its own issues, too, with the, the Swedish team. Got some COVID and all this other stuff. But um, I think... I everything's rolling right now. I think the NHL, the the, the owners, the GMs, they they went to the negotiating table and said, hey, I know this is going to piss them off, but uh, just ask them anyway. Ask them if we can get some more money back. And the players I said guess no. If you don't ask, you don't get. So they asked, the players said no, and they said, oh, okay, we're still going to play. And actually, and, I think a nice 52-game season will be really exciting. 
52, 56. They, 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 they're up in the air as to whether it's going to be 52 if or If they played 12 games, it would be exciting. It's the NHL. It's going to be phenomenal. True. It's going to be fantastic. But uh, I'm just going to get this here for you real quick. So everybody knows I'm not talking uh, hobnocky here. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're I'm sure that's talk- not a word that came to mind. Look, they're, they're talking about the realignment. I just want to get this statement here. Uh, scroll down here a little bit. Do, 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 do. Uh, right now. Okay, here it is. Scrolling. Oh, I was vamping for you. The okay, financial stalemate that threatened to derail the shortened 2021 season has been dealt with. Okay? So the whole money thing is done. Um, now it's time to get ready for January 13th puck drop. So the, these are these are the, this is the, the athletic, this is uh, Pierre Lebrun. These are the top guys. Darren Dredger. Right. Uh, Bob McKenzie, all these guys, the top guys who cover, they get the first inside to as far as the, um, you know, the uh, the NHL, the owners, um, GM, and all that other stuff. So the the money thing is done. So now they're just they're they're figuring out uh, the realignment, and they're going to figure out um, the training camps and get everything going. And the only other business side of this thing too is, it's like I said, they're not going to have an exhibition season. Uh, it looks like they're just going to have training camp, and they're going to start the regular season, and they're going to go. And they're going to try and get as many games in as they can, 56, 62 games, whatever. And then once they get the, the main ship up and running, they're going to figure out um, what they're going to do with the AHL and the ECH, ECHL, all the minor league affiliates too, right? Uh, because that's going to affect whether or not they're going to expand the rosters from 23 to 30 guys um, and then also leave space in there for any kind of cancellations, guys getting sick, um, all this other stuff. But... It's a go, man. NHL's a go. It's a go. We'll be talking uh, training camp here probably in the next two weeks, me and you. Uh, we'll, me and you will start getting nasty with each other as far as the Capitals and the Rangers are concerned. Uh, it's going to get ugly here uh, on the sports honchos when it comes unlike, to hockey unlike talk. Unlike this show where it's already gotten ugly yes. and nasty with each other. It'll be even more. Even more nasty. That'll be our 2021 slogan as we bring this podcast into the next decade. Drop even the puck, eh? It's more happening. nasty. So the NBA is also moving towards the 2021 season. And and one of the things I'm sure the NHL players and their owners are looking at is the NBA, what the NBA is doing, their early Christmas gift. Actually, they have an early Christmas gift to the players and an early Christmas gift to the owners. The owners, of course, they're getting 30 million. Each team is getting 30 million dollars. To help, <clears throat> excuse my voice is just dying tonight. I apologize. To help defray some of those uh, lost revenues. How awesome is that? Isn't that great? But doesn't that I mean, show you the difference between the money that the NBA right. has and the NHL has? Right. The NHL could never in a million years no give every team thirty million bucks. At least that we know of. That we know of, and we hope that that's not the case. Otherwise, those negotiations will start again. But yes, that is a great move the NBA is making to say. Thank you for, you know, putting this all together in a hurry, getting the next season started after the, the last one just ended an hour ago. We know some teams took a larger hit than others, but 30 million bucks doesn't solve everybody's problems, but it goes a long way. And, and, and it, it doesn't help that players in the NHL look over and go, look at the contracts they're getting and look at the bailouts they're getting. And we're over here at being asked to give up money to play the game we love. But we've we've kind of beaten that that subject to death. Hey, I got so. a quick question for you. Yes. Uh, as far as the TV uh, broadcasting rights to the NBA, mm-hmm. do, aren't they on multiple networks? 
They're on TBS, TNT, ESPN. Uh, sure, they're on one of the major networks. They sure they're on. They used to be on NBC. I don't think that's the case anymore. But they're on at least three or four networks. Okay. The fan, the CBS and TBS family of networks. Yeah. So the NHL you would look at down here in the states is primarily just NBC, right. and in America, and boom, uh, in Canada it's Sportsnet, I believe. And TSN, right. maybe. the TSN, yeah. But I, I believe only one of I think Sportsnet has the they they were the one that swallowed them up there a few years back. So right. look at that, man. I mean, multiple major TV networks, you know, putting into the coffer, the NBA yep. coffer as compared. And again, I'm just bringing this up to show the comparison between the league and well, the financial differences right. between both. Re- remember, Adam Silver said if we don't play games on Christmas, the NBA could lose. And this tells you all you need to know: could lose. Anywhere from half a billion to a billion dollars in revenue. That's staggering just by not playing on Christmas. So that disparity between the NHL and the NBA is huge. But Which is a so trip, too, because the, NA, the Forbes just released the value of the top four or five NHL teams. And I and saw you yes, tweeted in, out that the Rangers, number one, baby. 1.4, 1.5 billion. Billion-dollar franchises, the NHL. Right. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Is that part of that that revenue that that value does that is there something with gate revenue for all uh, Madison Square Garden events? I mean, how does that? Is, and you have your own? Don't they have their own network up there too? Own TV I have, network? yeah, I have to believe it combines everything. If I can maybe use uh, like Manchester United in the Premier League uh, mm-hmm. and most of the Premier League teams, especially the top say six, seven uh, franchises, it's it's usually huge uh, corporate deals. You know, obviously uh, Manchester United has, you know, Chevy. They have the Chevy logo on there and, you know, a lot of teams. So it starts there. But right. then it's it's just uh, all the corporate sponsors locally here in New York, number one. Um, and uh, just, you know, ticket. I mean, ugh, it is, I mean, ticket prices. Um, but everything from, uh, let's say, you know, Manchester United as uh, 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 an English team in the Premier League is, is probably the most popular Premier League team in the world world so they have fans all over the world and that turns into merchandise money right you know rangers have a vast fan base as far as you know you new yorkers transplanting all over the place you know probably more so than maybe other franchises you know but you could say you know chicago fans travel and red wings fans travel and you know blackhawk fans and all that other stuff but they're they're all up there i mean montreal chicago boston you know those teams are all in the top five you know and toronto obviously uh, as far as the richest franchises in the NHL. The bottom line is, is once that starts going down the line, I didn't look at the full list, but it gets less than that. But uh, it, it's, it's a, it's, it, I, your question is, I believe it's it's totally a collection of all their revenue. Right. It seems like you guys, the Rangers have an advantage that many, many teams don't have. Um, and so that puts them in a, in a unique position for revenue production. So. I said that there was a gift. The NBA had a gift for owners and a gift for players. So the gift for the owners was the $30 million Christmas bonus, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. And this is what they gave to the players this year. In a statement released by Mike Bass, spokesman for the NBA, he said, due to the unusual circumstances, in conjunction with the pandemic, we have agreed with the NBPA, the National Basketball Players Association, to wait for it, suspend random testing for marijuana for the 2020-2021 season and focus our random testing program on performance-enhancing products and drugs of abuse. Light them up, man. Yeah. And the, that sound you hear 
across the nation, across the world, is the sound of cheering, of one hand clapping in that zen-like way. No one will admit that this is a good thing. No player will admit that they're happy about this, but secretly, they're all thrilled. Hey, man. And who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be saying, hey, you know what? It's, you know what? It's, been th- it's therapeutic. It's, it, you've had a rough year. You're playing through a pandemic. You were locked in Disney World for 90 days, 100 days, whatever it was. So you know what? Hey, you want to, in between games, put your feet up why, with a big why, fatty and why play does alcohol, Why does alcohol <laughs> and opiates get all the, all the fun and all the love? Let's, let's, have the, let's, let's light some up here. Let, let so that, that, you know what? It's starting to get past. It's get, it's becoming legal across the country anyway. Why not? Yeah. And we're yeah. Let's not to make this a uh, just bring an air freshener with you. Okay. N O R M L sponsored the broadcast, but you know the NBA. I think that decision is actually going to make the NBA mighty mighty popular with its players. So all the other things they're trying to squeeze out of them as we come into this year, including playing a lot more games in a compressed period of time, they said, look, we know this is going to be, and I'll put this in quotes, a struggle for you to play all these games in a short period of time. But you know what? To ease the burden, we will not, we'll look the other way just for this year, not every year, just for this year, we'll look the other way. When it comes to marijuana. So steroids, no, because there's such a rampant steroid problem in the NBA. Marijuana, yes. Uh, again, All right. So, um, well, so let me ask you, do you know what their alcohol um, thing is? What's their rules with alcohol? No, alcohol is legal. So their rule is, you know, don't drive drunk or you go to jail. That's not an NBA rule. That's a uh, uh, jurisprudence rule. Well, like I said, if you got to pee in the cup or, you know, it doesn't matter. They don't if you, have, they don't they don't have to it doesn't matter, right? For, they yeah. don't have to test for legal Yeah, you don't have to, yeah, so. You know, don't show up drunk and don't drive drunk after that. Look, you know, if they they start, oh, you know, you know, looking the other way on heroin and all of that stuff, maybe you got some problems. Do you ever, yeah. so, are you okay that's, with this? That's, are you all right? That's the drugs. I'm fine with it. Fine, I mean, right? it's, it's just, it's not, there are bigger problems in now, sports. If we see guys on the bench, on the court, starting to eat Doritos and stuff in between plays. know. And we actually, <laughs> we actually got a problem. You, if I'm watching a game and I, I see the, the, the 10th, 11th and 12th players with, you know, double fisting a bag of Cheetos. And then when they're, <laughs> when they're, when the coach says, Hey, you're in. And they look like uh, Cody Bellinger did during the world series, that kind of a blank thousand yard stare. That would be entertaining. I want to see a bunch of guys who've had a few too many hits of the bong have to play. A player goes down unexpectedly. The 12th man on the bench usually just sits there. Saying I'm collecting money for this to watch you, basketball from imagine? the bench, that would be awesome. I could want to you? see Keanu Reeves out on the basketball court. <laughs> Keanu is is very busy right now. He's well, I don't mean literally Keanu Reeves. I want to see the the old Bill and Ted Keanu Reeves just kind of wandering around in a fog. All right, because they're not testing for marijuana. Who knows? They might rescind that offer early in the season if it gets too out of hand. So we'll they've see, already man. they've already said too. remember, my my big thing was this whole load management issue. Um, you're going to see a lot of older players and players went deep into the playoffs, potentially take some games off in the beginning of the season. The NBA has addressed that, too. The NBA has been busy, both the NBA and the NHL. You can tell it's December because they're both making some news. They're now the NBA is going to be more flexible 
i.e., we're going to look the other way for the biggest stars, but I add parenthetically, they're going to be more flexible about uh, policies for teams that rest players for load management, which again is just players saying, I'm taking the night off because it's so taxing playing these games. Um, the, the league has said that they will apply flexibility for teams playing back to back games uh, and possible scenarios, including resting a player who's played a substantial role on a team that advanced deep into the 2020 playoffs, i.e., Kawhi Leonard. LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, or to rest a player who is still returning to full strength after recovering from COVID. Hey, to which I say, if the person is recovering from COVID, that's what the injured list is for. But at least they address this. Um, the memo reinforces rules around nationally televised games that have been in place for multiple seasons, saying that teams are prohibited from resting healthy players for a, quote, high-profile nationally televised game. So that would be your Christmas Day games. It states that any team that chooses to do this, to rest players in a nationally televised game, will be fined at least $100,000. Now, I just said the NBA is giving out $30 million checks to its teams, so $100,000 is a total nothing burger. Also, absent the unusual circumstances mentioned above, the memo says teams should not rest multiple healthy players in the same game and should not rest healthy players in playing on the road, which is what I've been saying for years that you shouldn't take load management when you play on the road because those those fans, if we pretend that fans are going to be in the stands, they get to see these players once a year, more if they're in the playoffs together, but they see them once when they come to your home gym. So don't take the night off. Take the night off at home where players fans see you 40 times a year at least, not including the playoffs. But as always, the question becomes, are they going to enforce this? Are they really going to, going to charge a team 100000 bucks? If they violate this, are they really going to say to a player like Kawhi Leonard, who's notorious yes. for low yes, management? Yes, they are, because hey. they want to make some money back. That's why they're putting this stuff in play. It's they like a, gave it's a, like a town. It's a like a certificate for these fines. Changes the parking fines every month or whatever, or you know, the guys go out and give you tickets. They need to make some money. Yes, but it's one thing to fine players who are, again, the 10th, 11th, and 12th guys on the bench. It's another thing to say to a guy like Kawhi Leonard who's notorious for load management. Hey, look, if LeBron's hey, getting the find... night off and I'm the, I'm the third, fourth guy on the chart or whatever, I'm, I'm excited about getting the chance to play. Sure, but, play, but, but no offense to your incredible basketball skills, Mr. Cuthbert, but I'm not paying good money to see you play. Give me a couple no of games offense. and maybe I'll, maybe I'll turn some heads my way. You'll turn Work heads my bank all right. Shot. People looking at their watch going, I gave up, you know, watching Netflix for this. So, uh, you know, these all these rules that come out. And again, he just gave every team 30 million bucks. And now you're going to say, we're going to take back $100,000 of it. It's like they gave him a gift certificate for load management. Here, you know that $30 million? It's the schedule. Fun- Have they finalized the schedule? They've they finalized the half schedule. Okay, how many so how many games are in the, the half? How many games? They're are doing the thirty six, the, the seventy two game schedule. You know, it's not a lot of games. I don't, I don't think you're gonna, ha- I don't think you're gonna see a lot of guys but taking the night off. It's seventy, but they're okay. So they want to get the season done. Literally, the season ends the day before. Assuming the Olympics go off as planned, which is a big assumption. Not gonna be any Olympics. Go assuming on. they go off as planned, the last I think game seven of the NBA finals literally is the day before opening ceremonies at the Olympics. So they're starting the season two months later and they're playing 10 less games. 
So they're asking it's a it's a very compressed schedule and they're doing it in halves. 36 game first half, 36 game second half roughly. It might be one or two more in each direction. But they haven't even released the second half schedule until they get the first half rolling and see how cancellations go and postponements and what happens with spikes and vaccinations, which I think is very smart. They're not committing to the second half until they see how the first half goes. Um, and they're going to play more baseball-style series. Um, they're going to try to get some home and homes with teams and, and keep them more regional and cut down on travel. I mean, the, the NBA and the NHL to some extent, they're, they're not just running blind. They're not going to Leroy Jenkins it into the season and, and, and not have these contingency plans. So what, the, what they're doing, the baby-stepping of here's the first half, Here's the second half. Once we know what the first half is looks like is a smart idea. It's just, again, less games, not less games, 10 less games in a much more compressed season. They're going to have these load management issues on their hands. Again, it might not matter because there won't be any fans in the stands anyway. There's certainly not going to be a bubble, at least not till the playoffs, which, you know, is anything's on the table. That's what we have to realize. In 2021, anything is on the table. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of speculation. Yeah, and that's and, all you know, it is. We'll sit back here and we'll we'll wait and see what happens. I personally yes. don't think a lot of guys are going to take the night off. No, Especially you know who never it. takes a night off? These two guys. That's true. You know, you know what has four thumbs and never takes a night off? These guys. It's Paul and Rob from the Sports Hunters. That's right. Woohoo! This is how we whisk into the studio, everybody. We do. Every Wednesday this, night. This is the music that's actually Loading playing at my house all the time as I'm Loading walking around in my smoking jacket. <laughs> I don't even know what a smoking jacket is. If, if, if you put on a jacket that said this is a smoking jacket, I wouldn't know what a smoking jacket was. But it sounds fancy. As fancy stinky. as the green jacket. The master's giveaway, right? Can we yeah. just enjoy this bouncy, jaunty music? Hey, now. Good stuff, man. It's good. It's good. It's a good segue into. I, th- I think they they play this at gathering matches. <laughs> I'll <get> quiet. You. <laughs> it's not called gathering. Wizards. Um, so such orcs. Good paladins. Into I'm ignoring you now. Again, you're losing listeners. <laughs> losing them. Uh, Where the we go now, the buddy? Podcast is to keep and retain them, not to drive them away. This is good music for what I think is the most or is the least surprising story, sports story of the year. And that is, surprise, surprise, even though they've only played five games, the Big Ten has said Ohio State is eligible for their conference championship. So they can grease the skids to put the mighty Buckeyes into the college football playoffs. Yeah, they. What are you doing over there? Tell us about it. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Well, down home, down home, college football. So the hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing was about, I'm I'm, so you can't see, but Paul's dancing and playing music, and it's, it's, I'm like a cat in tinsel. It's totally distracting. But I'm going to try to find myself. I'm just lighting up for the NBA season, man. I'm putting my game face on now. So for the few people who are still. The Big Ten said in order to get into the conference championship, you have to play six games. They had an eight-game season. They started the season late. We all know this tale. Everybody knows that 
the NCAA and ESPN and all the networks, everybody wants to see Ohio State in the college football playoffs. But the Big Ten put a rule in that said, you got to play six games to get in the conference championship. Without, and without the conference championship... I'm sorry, folks. Without the conference... <laughs> What are you doing? You're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) I don't care about this story anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What was was the movie Pacino was in when he was a blind guy? Scent of a Woman. (laughs) We've totally lost control. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Pack 10. That's what you are. Come on. No. The Big Ten. I, I can't. I can't with you. Semi size ten. The ten. <laughs> which Star which Star Trek was the number nine? What was she called? Nine of nine, eight of nine? Seven of nine. Seven. The dreamy Jerry Ryan. Finally got some Star Trek in this show, baby. There it is. You'll make my friend Pat very happy. There you go, Pat. Woo! We'll talk some uh, Cumber Patch and the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Rob is not having it, folks. Oh, man. I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Where are we going now? I have no idea. <laughs> it's not my job to throw you off. I'm just... Straight into reruns. <laughs> oh, Anyway, as I was saying, hey, everybody, Ohio State's going to be in the Big Ten Conference Championship game because the Big Ten Conference said, we don't care about our rules. We just want Ohio State in. If you want more information, are you, you surprised call, at that? You can call me at are home. Are you surprised no, that, at that how decision? Did I, how did I start this? By saying in the least surprising story of the sports year, after all the teeth I was, I was talking to the music about Ohio State and, oh, they've only played five games. How are they getting the conference championship? If anybody believed they weren't going to be in the conference championship, you actually will retire the Dope of the Week award. And even if, even, if they, even if they hadn't gotten into the championship game, and here's the bigger point in all of this, it doesn't matter because everybody wants to see Ohio State in the college football playoffs. If Ohio State had played one game, if they were 1-0 and they played one game like North Dakota State played this year just to show off Trey Lance's abilities. If they played one game, they'd still be in the college football playoff. In fact, the, the most recent rankings came out, and there they are at 5-0 and with the specter of not being in the conference championship hanging over their head, except that was yesterday. And today, shockingly, the Big Ten said, you know what? Eh, we're going to eliminate that requirement. Five wins is good enough because, coincidentally, that's so many games Ohio State has played. So they're going to be in the conference championship game, and they'll be in the playoffs, and everybody can stop with all the worrying. Why people are even worried, I don't know. They it, need the big they, teams for right. the big TV shows. Right. So if, even if Ohio State was not the, didn't play in the conference championship game, they'd still be in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. None of this mattered. And everybody was like, oh, the world stopped. To see, see now, if Ohio I would, State I would, would be allowed to play in their conference championship game. See, I was going to put on some Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. Oh, but Lars Ulrich would sue us, so. Probably. Can't do that. Well, actually, no, no. According to the FCC, 
if we have some critical commentary for about a minute or so. Uh, Lars, Lars will be at the door. We would be okay. No, I know Lars. He's critically commenting. No, so. he'll, be, he'll be there. I just it's it's again it's it's all about the money. I understand it. The, the the college football rankings are a farce anyway. It's basically who we want to see in the college football playoffs, which is why obviously not this year, they're not gonna make any radical changes. It's been radical enough, but having four teams I mean you go into the season, yeah, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then one other team this year it's Notre Dame. Why even rank them? We know no matter what, Ohio State is gonna is gonna be there. But these are the times we live in, Rob. Have six teams, have eight teams. I'm not saying have You're not on the board. You're not on the the team that makes the decisions, pal. I'm sorry. I'm not on anybody's team. I need to You're make on my somebody team, buddy. That's see what how see where that got me five minutes ago. <laughs> Look, it, it, again, it, 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 it's all about who's watching the games and the revenue. It's 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 allegedly about the best teams in the country, but that's bullshine. Okay, it's it's all of this needless and pointless energy spent on whether Ohio State was going to play enough games to win their conference or or be in their conference championship doesn't matter. What's their record? Again, they're five and zero. Oh. If they so were one, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Right. If they were one, it doesn't matter. The rankings don't matter. It's they sit down in a room and go, "Who's well, going to bring eyeballs to their the set?" Their five wins and zero losses is yes, is encouraging. It links Alabama's nine and zero. Oh, it's a little less. It's just my point is, it didn't matter. None of that matters. They want Ohio State in. Ohio State's going to. But it looks better if they lose to Northwestern. If they lose to Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game, I have a funny feeling they're still going to get in. All right. Well, because we they, that's there, who they want to play. When we get there. If, if Notre Dame loses in the ACC championship game, they still want them there. Same with Alabama. Same with Clemson. They're not going to lose those games. It's just – it's a joke. And I, I just laughed all week at the people – with these grave, serious looks on their face, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do if Ohio State can't play in the Big Ten championship game? You know what you're going to do? Nothing. Nothing. And it doesn't matter because the Big Ten will say, what, rules? I guarantee you, if Purdue or Michigan State or, God help us, Penn State, which is just a dumpster fire this year, when are they going to fire James Franklin? If all of them were at, at five, had only played five games – but were their division leaders in the in the Big Ten Conference, they wouldn't change the rules to let them in because nobody's banging down their doors to get into the college football playoff. So, you know, there's a lot out there to worry about. Why people were spending all this time on that is beyond my tiny little brain. But whatever, good luck to Ohio State. You know what? I hope you lose to Northwestern. Oh, that's mean. Oh, I'm not a nice person. That's mean. It doesn't matter. Our ratings in Ohio are going to go just down. Still going to get in. Sorry Uh, to the entire state of Ohio. Love you, Ohio. Your team's going to get in the playoffs anyway. All right. Are you? I think Ohio's forgiven. Hey, I'm going to talk about how great the Browns are in a moment. Well, let's move. (laughs) Let's move. Let's try this again. To the gridiron of the NML, the National Mediocrity League, coast to coast, covered here 
on the sports honchos. Which lethargic team is gonna make Rob's headlines this week? <laughs> I'll let you finish. Carrying through them like short through them. <laughs> All right. So what do you got for me, buddy? Once again, news off the field uh, makes almost as many headlines as the news on the field. The most the biggest piece of news, of course, is the Jets firing defensive coordinator Greg with two G's Williams after his controversial blitz call. The Jets came within a whisker of getting off the schneid and winning their first game of the season in after 11 unsuccessful tries. And they had a four-point lead against the Raiders of Las Vegas. And all the, all the Jets had to do, because the Raiders had to score a touchdown, all they had to do defensively was just line up a bunch of guys downfield, make sure nobody gets into the end zone. Boom, done. Jets win. They don't go 0-16 like the Detroit Lions. But no, Greg Williams, who fancies himself as the smartest man in the room, decides this would be a great time to do what they call a zero blitz, which is where you send everybody except for three guys at the quarterback, leaving three wide receivers who are fast in one-on-one coverage with the defensive backs. And shockingly, one of those receivers, Henry Ruggs III, gets open, touchdown, Jets lose, Jets lose, Jets lose. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Even Derek Carr, the quarterback for the Raiders, in his post-game press conference after he threw that pass, said, I, who, I didn't know they were going to do that. I was just as surprised as anybody. So, of course, after that play, he is fired. Because, in fact, had it not been for the actual dope of the week, this person, as was brought to my attention by frequent listener, loyal listener Andrew Caton, who said to me, Greg Williams should be the dope of the week, and he almost was. He was very close to being the dope of the week, but he was beaten out by someone from the same sport, but beaten out. But still, he was fired. But if you ask me, I think that was just the tip of the iceberg. I don't believe the call was so bad that he was going to get fired for it. Clearly, they're greasing the skids for Adam Gase to go and all of his coaches to go. But at least you say to the fan base, hey, we recognize this guy is a disaster. I mean, this is his style. He's a gambler as a defensive coordinator. So we're going to fire him. It's not as good as firing the coach. But don't worry. He'll be gone after we lose our last four games to go. 0-16. Oh, so that was what was making more he- almost as many headlines. Then you've got the Ravens and Des Bryant testing positive for COVID moments before the game, a la Justin Turner of the Dodgers from what seems like months ago, but it was only a few weeks ago, and all the hand-wringing about, you know, you moved the Ravens-Steelers game four times because of an outbreak. And here you have on game day... Des Bryant is warming up with his team and, you know, hobnobbing with people on the Cowboys, a team he used to play for. He had two inconclusive tests before the game. And that, to me, an inconclusive test should be treated like a positive test. And there he is out on the field, you know, mixing and mingling, taking passes from the quarterback. And then right before the game's about to start, they say to him, hey, your third test came back positive. And yet... 
they still play the game when you had someone who was te- who had just tested positive mixing and mingling with all those players. So I'm not saying that I personally said they should have moved the game, but it was once again another question mark, another failure on the part of the NFL to say to, to give some sort of coherent policy to how they're going to deal with this COVID issue. Well, so are you saying that they should have stopped the whole game right there? I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying I understand, though, people's, the frustration of people saying, look, you moved this game because a strength and conditioning coach had it and may have given it to a bunch of his players, and there was an outbreak that was caught well before the game, and so you moved it. But now you've got a game that's about to play, and a player who just tested positive was allowed to be on the field warming up and interacting it, with players. It's too late. I understand the frustration. Players should have tested positive earlier. My issue is just the NFL, once again, loves to step on on brakes when it tries to have a a policy for its entire team. It just cannot get out of its own way when it comes to how it's handling this crisis. And again, they have this 18th week just sitting there. They keep saying, if we have to move games, we'll put it in the 18th week, and that would be a cash cow. And as I explained last week, if you had one team or two teams in a playoff push and it's the only game on the schedule in that 18th week, it'd be a ratings bonanza. But, again, I'm not saying they should have postponed it. I just understand why people are just looking at them like, what are you doing? How about some consistency? So, And speaking of consistency, the Eagles have finally said enough with the Carson Wentz experiment. We're done with this guy. Maybe not forever. We're going to give Jalen Hurts, a guy we drafted in the second round this year, we're going to give him a try. We're benching you for poor performance. And people out there are saying, I love that. You, you, you've heard commentators on ESPN, on the football shows, during the broadcast saying, well, you can't bench Wentz because the Eagles guaranteed him, you know, $100 million bucks, $30 million this year, $30-plus million next year. We guaranteed him money, and you can't bench this guy, to which I say the following. To the Eagles and any other football team out there, any other sports organization, never let pride or hubris or dollars get in the way of wins. To those that claim the Eagles must stay with Wentz because of the money the Eagles paid him, that's the cost of doing business. You had to give the guy $100 bucks because that's what the market bore. It turns out he's a lemon. You can't return him. You got to keep him. You can pay him. You can play him just because your, your pride hurts pardon the pun, by not playing him. Or you can win a few games and say, you know what, it costs 100 million bucks. But if it gets us some wins, again, that's the cost of doing business. I actually, I never thought I would say this as a diehard Wolfskin fans, but I applaud. I just can't believe you're mentioning the Eagles on the show. I applaud the Eagles for saying it's not about the money, it's about do we want to win? You know, too many teams have said, well, we got to play this guy because we're paying him. Or we drafted him in the first round, so we have to play him. It's all speculation. You give a guy, you know, maybe this is just a down year for Wentz. Who knows? You know, your chances of winning even the weaker NFC East are dwindling. Maybe this guy gives you a spark. Can't be. Listen, it can't be any worse than what Carson Wentz has been giving you this season. So I applaud them for actually take saying, fine. We, we admit we made a $100 million mistake for this year. But we're going to win some games. I think the players appreciate that, too. So the um, the AFC and NFC, the AFC is easy. 
in terms of who's taking control of this division. Still the Chiefs, still the Steelers. I'll get to their loss in a moment. And the Bills. And coming up now as a dark horse, the Browns. I'm not saying the Browns can beat the Steelers or the Chiefs. Certainly not the Chiefs. The Browns at 9-3, and three, they're no joke. You know, they finally got it together. That running game of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they're poised to make some real noise as the season winds down. So there's my thank you, my throwback to Ohio for my transgression earlier saying that Ohio State didn't deserve to be there. Um, but the NFC, man, what a mess. I mean, the Packers are sneakily the best team in the NFC. The Rams now are emerging as a real contender. The Cardinals, I don't know what happened to Kyler Murray's shoulder in that game against Seattle a couple weeks ago, but it's it's probably worse than most people are letting on because that team hasn't been the same since that game. The Vikings are coming on. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I can't trust. New Orleans is a glass cannon. I have no idea if they can be trusted in the NFC. The Bucks with Tom Brady, maybe it's just not happening this year. So I don't know. The NFC is a mess. I don't even, I don't, there's something about the Packers. You know, I, I, they're going to go, they're probably have the best record, number one seed in the NFC, but, you know, we saw what happened to them in the playoffs last year with roughly the same team and the same coach. And I know Aaron Rodgers is the best, still the, probably the best in the NFC. But I just, I, if you said pick a team, Right now to come out of the NFC, I'd put my money on the Rams. That defense, outstanding. The offense, the coaching, you know, I thought they were just a team that beat up on the NFC East and they were going to flounder in that division, but they've proven they're tough. At home, away, I mean, yeah, they have the worst uniforms, but it's a pretty, pretty solid team. So, you know, again, you got those four teams in the NFC, you got a jumbled mess in the NFC, but I say look for the Rams to come out of the NFC. A that's, Rams Chiefs Super Bowl? You mean these guys? I mean the guys on your hat with the good, that's right. the good logo. Not that the mess right. of the logo. I'm wearing my Rams hat. But can we talk about Bill Belichick just for a minute? Sure. Six I, mean, six you, I mean, Patriots. football, is Belichick, the it's got to be in the same sentence there. Is this the best coaching job of his career? I mean – Yes, I know he's won six Super Bowls. It's hard to say this six it's and sixteen. Very, you know, but what he's you, you doing, that? what he's doing with this team, with a quarterback that can run but can't throw, and a no-name offense, and a defense that's been depleted by opt-outs and by injury, the fact that he's six and six, the fact that he's, he's beaten teams that are you know respectable teams like the Ravens, but it's, I, I'm, it's I'm the astounded. AFC. It's the same. I mean, it's not really that hard to win in the NFL. I know you say that, but by all rights, this is a team that should be mired in a slump right now, a serious rebuild mode, and he's got them you know, fighting for a playoff spot, even though that team has no business he's being anywhere near the playoffs. best coach in the league. He has been for yep. years. So the argument again about who's going to have more success – in this breakup, Brady, Belichick. I'm not diminishing Brady. I'm not saying Brady was a mirage, but maybe we're seeing now that Brady needed Belichick more than Belichick needed Brady. And it's just, I'm, 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 I shouldn't be amazed. He's been doing this for years, for 20 years. I should not be surprised. And yet, I'm still surprised. You know, Tom Brady is responsible for one position, one position, one job. 
Yeah. Belichick is responsible for the entire foray of attacking and defending and no. making sure he's got the right guys in the right place for special teams and everything else. Uh, player management, uh, chemistry, making the right decisions and everything else. You know, Tom doesn't take anything away from Brady and his success and everything, but he's only successful by his his offensive line, his uh, players being where they're supposed to be. It, it's it's everything. And and those players getting to the right play, points for passes and running plays and, you know, everything right. else is, is all because of a game plan and um, just an incredible vision of a head coach, any successful head coach. And Bill Belichick was one of them. So... This is also, I think, just a phenomenal, incredible challenge for Belichick, who is probably just loving this. The same way Brady's going over to, you know, Tampa, and he wants to prove everybody wrong that he can do it by himself over there. But you know, he's finding out that it's, uh, you know, it's not as easy. Belichick, no. on the other hand, he's about building squads, teams, yep. success. He knows which guys to let go, which guys to bring in, uh, trades, free agencies, uh, as far as the draft goes. He's, he's a part of all that, all those decisions. He is the uh, Dr. Xavier uh, as opposed to, you know. It's Professor Xavier. Exactly what I meant, yes. Thank you. Uh, From one a, bald guy to another. <laughs> as opposed to, uh, you know, Brady being, you know. Right. Wolverine in a couple episodes, a couple of movies, and then not being show, showing up anymore. You know what I'm saying? So um, I uh, on this side for me, I'm rooting for Belichick here. And I think he's also got a better path because of the, uh, I mean, the whole league is just mediocre. But the AFC, you know, he's only got to really worry about, you know, two teams, and that's the Steelers and the Chiefs. Well, wait till he gets his. And Buffalo's going to be tough too. But no, I said Buffalo's the third team in that in that mix, and actually, I would say they they might have a chance to overtake the Steelers. Hey, look, it's going to be a good show, one way or the other. Sure um, is. You know, and and let me let me just let me leave the football segment with this. And you, you touched upon this earlier in the show that there was a lot of mockery for my saying the NFC East was an exciting division. But don't look now. But the five and seven Giants and the five and seven Wolfskins each pulled off a pretty big upset over the weekend. See the Giants being the Seahawks and the the Wolfskins beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh, which I know the home field thing doesn't mean as much anymore. They were previously undefeated. Now they're eleven and one. And again. Both teams fighting for the division, making it exciting. They're compelling. It's it's December. They're going to play again on December 13th. The last time we were this relevant was at least five or six years ago that we were this relevant. And now these two teams that from a division people mocked, the spotlight is on these teams because they're playing meaningful games and they're doing it with defense, and they're, they're, they're pasting together an offense. They're actually mirror images of each other. They both are, have lost a key member of their offense, the Giants losing Daniel Jones, the, the, the Wolfskins losing running back Antonio Gibson. They're fun to watch, and I'm just happy, again, as a fan of the football team, that I have meaningful games to watch deep into December. So keep an eye on these teams. They may surprise you. Not so much joke after all. Yeah, we still got some time. All right. They all still right. have they haven't clinched the playoff spot or anything like that. So don't don't go too. One too, of those teams too, is gonna be in the playoffs. So yeah, we'll what? see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, they could make some some waves in the playoffs. Certainly the Giants. We I don't know about see. the Wolfskins. All right. We've got more concerns right now as to whether or not people are gonna listen to a two hour show. 
Right. Okay. Well. <laughs> and with that said, it's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. That's right. It's time for America's favorite segment, Dope of the Week, where the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Go Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for my undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. That's at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? And I told you, I told you this person beat out Greg with two G's Williams by a hair. And that is Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now look, an NFL wide receiver has three jobs. Three jobs. Catch the ball. Claim you were interfered with when you do not catch the ball. And claim you caught it even when you know you did not. This past Sunday... Hill did none of these things. The Chiefs and Broncos were tied at three early in the second quarter, and Patrick Mahomes found Tyreek Hill deep. A.J. Bouye for the Broncos hit Hill to cause the receiver to bobble the ball. The ball ended up back in Hill's hands in the end zone. So it popped up in the air and landed back in his hands. But the Chiefs receiver did not realize he made the touchdown catch. The referee signaled the pass was incomplete, and Hill made no attempt to argue that it was a completed pass and a touchdown. Instead... He got off the turf, tossed the ball to the ground, and went to the sideline. Fourth down, Chiefs punt. Now, there are so many things wrong with this scenario. The most confounding being Hill not knowing he had caught the ball. I mean, the the ball ended up, when the play was over, the ball was in his hands, cradled against his chest. I mean, what did he think he was holding? What exactly did he confuse the football with? And what kind of a diva wide receiver, which Hill certainly is, goes quietly into that good night after a contested catch, especially one that could have been a touchdown. And to make matters worse, when he jogged to the sideline, he told head coach Andy Reid that he did not make the catch, so the Chiefs did not challenge the call. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) Ultimately, it did not matter because the Chiefs won a game that was a lot closer than it should have been, but that does not excuse the dopiness of Mr. Hill. Can you imagine the hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing? In Kansas City, if the Chiefs had lost by a touchdown or less. And let me remind you again, he caught the ball. It was a touchdown. And the referee signaled no touchdown. And Tyreek Hill, for probably the first time in his career, is like, okay, here's the ball back. I'm walking back to the sideline now. So, Tyreek Hill, for confusing a football with air, for crushing fantasy football owners across the country, and for violating the three cardinal rules of wide receivers, you, Tyreek Hill, are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congrats, Tyreek. The certificate will be in the mail. Way to go, Tyreek. Woohoo! Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of baffling sometimes, the things that we get to watch and see transpire in front of our eyes. I don't understand it. I don't. What I kind of a receiver doesn't, 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 even if he thought he hadn't caught it, he's, they all don't say I caught it. Just like everybody, when there's a fumble, every team says they've recovered it. Only one team can actually recover it, friends. That's just the way it goes. Phenomenal choice for Dope of the Week, my friend. Well Thank done, you. as always. Uh, best of the Gags gang as well, too. They, they're, they're overworked and underpaid, but that's uh, okay. They're going to keep doing it. Yes, well, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, a, sure. 
join join the rest of the uh, media conglomerates who are having right. problems. Hey, look, we They're have to just, lay a lot. We have to lay a lot of people off right. They're before lucky we even started this thing. The gags gang is lucky they get some place to come to work every day. So this shut is true. it. This is true, my friend. So, yes. with that said, <laughs> we have to say goodnight. <laughs> is it still nighttime? Yes, it is, my friend. Well, look, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Sports Hot Shows. And, man, if you get through this one tonight, you might, uh, we got to send some gifts out. No doubt about Me it. We do. Please subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. Retweet Rate us. Share. Review us. Yes. Say bad things about us if you have to as well, too. Yeah, don't and complain if, oh, about I gotta, the, the time. Before we go, I got to show you. This is what I, I I did for you earlier. You know. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will that's tweet this out later. That's for a wonderful you. drawing. What's the name of the game again? You're done. Okay, everybody. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening. Those of you who are still conscious, we appreciate it. All Greatest right. Review. Let's give us some love. From Paul in New York, farewell. And Rob, as always, please say toodaloops to the folks. Toodaloo, folks. Peace. Woo! See you next week.